Hey girl, welcome to Christian Girls Pop. My name is Stephanie Bright and I'm the founder of this girls group as well as your host for the podcast. Around here, we are all about purpose, obedience, and prayer. That's what makes us pop. You're guaranteed to laugh, cry, learn, grow, and most importantly, become more like Jesus. We're going to rock this thing out and we're going to have fun doing it. You ready? Let's go. Hey girl, and welcome back to another episode of Christian Girls Pop. We are in week 45 of our Bible reading plan, which is our year-long thematic reading plan. And this week we are talking about the God who won't walk away. That's the theme, that's the attribute that we're going to study. And we're going to see it both in Old Testament and New Testament this week. If you, this is your first time tuning in, this is a year-long Bible reading plan that we are doing as we go through the Bible in an entire year. And so we're covering Old Testament and New Testament, um, but not necessarily chronologically. So we're doing it based on how they fit together Old Testament and New Testament congruently, how we can see the parallels and compare and contrast between Old and New Testament. And I have such a heart for this. My heart is for the Word of God. I want to equip you to be able to not just read, but understand understand and apply the word of God to your life so that you can walk in everything that God has for you and you walk in your purpose, you deepen your relationship with God. And it comes through this foundational principle of just reading your Bible. So that's why we're studying this all year long. And each week we talk about different attributes of God. So we talk about how God is faithful. He's a provider. He's a miracle worker. He doesn't walk away. He's the God of mystery. He's sovereign. He's all knowing. These are different things that we've studied. And so this this attribute is kind of along the lines of just his faithfulness, his consistency, um, how he keeps his word. He he none of nothing that he says comes back void. And we can see that here as we're reading through this week's reading. But before we get into the teaching, a couple quick announcements. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter. You can do that with the links in the podcast notes, or you can do that on the homepage of our website. That newsletter will keep you up to date with everything that we have going on, and it's a great way to stay um, connected with some new things that we have going that that will be released in 2023. So make sure that you sign up for the newsletter. It hits your email every single week and also um you know check out our website christiangirlspop.com where you can learn more about us keep up with the latest events that we have going on and that's where you can purchase your merch your bracelets we have downloadable free poems and graphics that you can download as screensavers or as prayers so plenty of things for you there make sure you check that out and before we get into today's teaching let's pray God, thank you so much for another opportunity for us to study your word. I pray that this word comes to life in our lives so that we can not just read it just to check off a list, but that we understand it, that we deepen our relationship with you, that we just keep going in our walk with you, knowing that you are faithful, that you're with us, that you are guiding us day in and day out, and we can trust you and we can trust your word. Thank you so much that we can just ultimately just trust you with our entire lives. We can put our lives in your hands, knowing that you're in control. So lead us and guide us, not just through our lives, but through this podcast and through this this week's reading as well. We pray all these things in Jesus name. Amen. So week 45, we're covering day 310 through day 316. And it's so crazy because we're almost at the end of this plan, which is amazing. And so um, with 
day 310, we're starting off reading Psalm chapter 60, Ezekiel chapter 25 and 26, and 1 Timothy chapter 3. In Psalm chapter 60, we're reading about the prayer after defeat or destruction. And um, this is very congruent with what we're about to read in Ezekiel because it mentions a lot of the countries that were about to receive judgment from God. And so remember, just as a recap, God is judging Israel for their sin. He's judging them for not turning back to him and um, all their unrepentant sin, how they forsook him. He's finally bringing judgment that he has prophesied for hundreds of years he's finally bringing it to pass after he gave them plenty of time to get themselves together so that's what we're seeing here in first in ezekiel chapter 25 we read of the prophecy of the judgment to ammonites moab and philistines and then in chapter 26 we're moving on with um continuing pronouncement of judgment on tyre so these are all different countries um different groups of people that were about to receive judgment from god for their unrepentant sin and so in 20 in chapter 25 we literally see the reason why each place was being judged it's specifically laid out of their sins of and why god is bringing judgment upon them and so you will constantly see in ezekiel chapter 25 that continual saying that's been said all through ezekiel which is then you will know that i am the lord that's a very common theme in ezekiel and it's god is showing up saying y'all gonna realize who i am when i bring judgment because clearly nothing else that i'm doing is working for you all and then if we skip over to the New Testament in 1 Timothy chapter 3, we read of the qualifications of a bishop or a deacon. Um, other terminology may be an overseer or a servant. And these are just different positions within the church and the qualifications, therefore, um, the, the qualifications that are listed in order to fulfill this position within the church. And um, as Paul is writing to Timothy, he's giving them explanation of just really helping to establish the church and bring order to the church. So obviously we're seeing that here. Um, so it's basically saying everybody just can't willy nilly up there and just say, yeah, I'm a bishop. Yeah, I'm a deacon. Yeah, I'm an overseer. It's like, ah, let's let's get some order here. And so, yes, God is um, graceful, gracious and merciful. But there is um, an element of order within the church. And so we're seeing that here in First Timothy chapter three. Moving on to day 311, which is November 7th. The reading is Ezekiel chapter 27 and 28 and 1 Timothy chapter 4. In Ezekiel chapter 27, we read of the judgment pronounced on Tyre. That's continuing on from chapter 26. And then we also read of the judgment on Tyre and the king of Tyre, the prince of Tyre. So Tyre was a coastal city. Um, and so that means that it was a very uh, heavily uh, traded um, this was an area where a lot of trading was happening. And so obviously that's a big uh, means of wealth and income that's coming into this city. And so um, the issue was that they were focused so much on that and not on God. And they were basically um, basically saying that they had created all this wealth themselves and not given any glory to God like it should have been given. And so they're very successful, but judgment was still coming for them regardless. Um, something to note in chapter 28, when it refers to the king of Tyre, it's actually referring to Satan. If you notice that the terminology changes, it begins to talk about an angelic being and the cherub. Um, this is showing that um, Satan was ultimately the ruler over this area. And so that can get really deep. And in the spiritual realm, certain um, demonic uh, 
forces have territorial areas that they're like, this is my city, like I'm ruling this city. And so um, that's that's kind of like on the more deeper level. But this is really being addressed to Satan. And you can see it in the terminology when it talks about being in the Garden of Eden and how you've like you once were angelic, but then you fail. Um, that's referring to Satan. Then if you flip over to 1 Timothy chapter 4, we're reading of those who will abandon the faith and also being a good example of a believer. So those who abandon the faith, um, to abandon the faith, um, the terminology for that is apostasy. And so that's addressed here. And so um, it we're really seeing that we need to continue to remain, um, but as we are remaining, it's important for us to know that only what we do for God is what will last, is what will remain long term. And so um, that is how we can stay the course. And then we're also read about being a good example as a believer. And so there are some very practical things that are there. I like that the Bible isn't just all deep and, you know, like super philosophical. There's like really simple stuff like, hey, just be nice, be kind, love your neighbor, you know, <laughs> take care of the widow, feed the orphan. Like those are different verses that we see throughout the Bible, just giving us practical ways to really show the love of Christ. So that is day 311. For day 312, which is November 8th, the reading is Ezekiel chapter 29 through 31 and 1 Timothy chapter 5. In Ezekiel chapter 29, we read of the prophecy against Egypt. In Ezekiel chapter 29, we read of the prophecy against Egypt and then how Egypt will fall into Nebuchadnezzar's hands. And so similar to Israel, even though judgment is pronounced on Egypt, there was a promise of restoration that was to come as well. And so we're seeing this. And this is why I titled this week's um attribute or the thing that we're learning about God is how he won't walk away because people can look at judgment and think oh he's given up he's just destroying them and that's never um, gonna be restored that's the end of things you know kind of wipe your hands from it the end but we're seeing this concept of restoration constantly through Jeremiah through Ezekiel through some of the other prophets as well we're seeing that even though there is judgment that's being pronounced and that does come to pass there is still the element of restoration that's there and it's beautiful because we're not just seeing God just destroy and move on but he's still showing there is hope there will be a future restoration and so that definitely gives us hope chapter 30 continues on with reading about the prophecy against judgment uh, or the judgment that's coming against Egypt and God is going to just basically strip them down. He's going to dry up the Nile. Um, so when Niles dry, that means they can't trade, which means they can't have an income. So all that wealth goes out the window and God will use Babylon to destroy Egypt. That's what we read there in Ezekiel chapter 30. So he's laying it out for them. He's letting them know what, what we got, what we're working with. And he's letting them know this is what will happen. In chapter 31, we read of the prophecy against Pharaoh. And so not just Egypt was going to be destroyed, but specifically Pharaoh as well. And so Egypt was mighty. They were just, you know, high on the hog, living their best life. But they were going to be destroyed. And so this is showing us that God will humble the proud. He will humble those who think that they can come against him or um, to his level, basically. He'll, he'll stump you down a little bit to let you know your place <laughs> for sure. And then for 1 Timothy chapter 5, our New Testament book, we're reading about instructions concerning widows. And then there's some other various instructions as well. This is a very practical chapter. Um, I, I feel like this is one of the ones where you don't really have to think much or put much thought into it. It's like what you read is what you go do. If the widows need some help, go help them, you know, like that's pretty simple. <laughs> so very practical things here in 1 Timothy. Moving on to day 313, which is November 9th. The reading is Ezekiel chapter 32 and 33 and 1 Timothy chapter 6. 
In Ezekiel chapter 32, we read of the lamentation or the woe upon Pharaoh. Um, we also read of the Egyptians in Sheol. So it does get a little deep as we're just reading about the fact that Egyptians are about to just be completely destroyed. They are headed towards destruction. And it's just showing Pharaoh and Egypt, they are going to be destroyed, embarrassed. God is going to wipe them clean. And once again, we see that reiteration that Babylon will be the ones who do the destroying against Egypt. And all these prophecies do come to pass. In chapter 33, we read of the responsibility of the watchman. We also read of the topic of individual accountability for sin. And we read of how Jerusalem falls. And the news is finally reported that Jerusalem falls. And so the issue um, is in chapter 33 is that they are living according to what they think is right and not according to God's standard. And so God has to let them know this is the standard you are accountable for. it. Don't go based on what your mom and daddy did, but whatever, however good or bad they were. I'm judging you individually for your sin. And so you must get right. And then in verse 21 of chapter 33, we, we get the news. Jerusalem has fallen. And so all these prophecies about how Jerusalem was going to be destroyed, it is finally coming to pass. They can't say that they weren't warned because they got warned about 2011 times and they still didn't want to do it. So now judgment is coming. Judgment is here. They are being destroyed. And so um, one cool resource that I wanted to point out to you all um, that I would like for you to look up if you're wanting to kind of get more of a timeline of how things are happening in scripture um, is called Bible. You can just Google Bible Hub Timeline and it will pull up a timeline of all the events through the Bible and it will have the chapter of which we can read it from listed next to it. Because the thing is, the Bible is not chronological in the way that it's like, let me figure out a different way to say this. The way that it is laid out in the Old Testament is not the exact timeline of how the events happen. That's just how they were put in order in the Bible. But the order is not necessarily chronological. So if you look at this timeline, you can see how the different um, events play out. And you can even see where the overlap is. Because with these prophets, a lot of them were prophesying around the same time. Um, a lot of them prophesy of the same events, but from different you know, different messengers. So it's not saying that Jerusalem fell a bunch of times or was destroyed a bunch of times, but it's showing it from different stories. So like the end of Jeremiah would line up with um, Ezekiel chapter 33, because that's the exact time when Jerusalem fell. So you'll see, oh, this goes with this. And so if you're, if that's something that you're interested in, you're, I highly recommend that resource. It's the Bible Hub timeline. You can just Google it and it should be the first link to pop up. And that will help you to understand a little bit more clarity on how the events are lining up. Um, but back to day 313's reading. Um, for 1 Timothy chapter 6, we're reading of the division in the false doctrine. Uh, we read about contentment, remaining in the faith, and depending on God. So those are a couple different. If, if your Bible has subtitles, you may see something similar. Um, or these are just the main highlighted topics that are discussed in 1 Timothy. Um, remember, we have these people that are spreading false doctrine. And so because of that, there's creating division within the church. Obviously, that is not just an outdated concept. We're still seeing division in the church. That's why we have a lot of denominational splits and different things because of different doctrines, um, some that are false. And because of that, there has been division. So that's being addressed as well as the other things to encourage the, the church about being content, remaining in the faith and truly depending on God.
For day 314, we are starting a new book. This is November 10th, and the reading is Jude chapter 1, Ezekiel chapter 34, and Psalm chapter 4. So for the book of Jude, Jude is actually the half-brother of Jesus, and uh, it's not necessarily confirmed of who the recipients were supposed to be for this book. Obviously, like, you know, the church, we read it now, but each letter was normally addressed to a specific area or a specific group of people or a specific church. It's not necessarily confirmed who um, that this was written to, but one of the main things that we can see here is the, the concept of contending for the faith. Uh, apostasy was very prevalent during this time. Remember, apostasy is those who were abandoning their faith or walking away from what they knew. And so um, we're seeing this concept of contending for the faith, encouraging the believers to, you know, um, stand up for what they believe in to make sure that they truly believe it for themselves and it's a very short book but very very powerful book it can also be a misunderstood book or it's like oh this book is too deep i don't know um so i definitely um encourage you to do more of an in-depth reading we're going to kind of sum it up today um but one bible story that i one bible study that i do encourage um those that are listening to check out is a bible study on jude it's by jackie hill perry um, she does a great devotional study on um, Jude. It's, it's a very good book to make you think, to make you really understand this book in a better connotation and, and, and understand it and not just read it, just to be like, yep, I read it. So make sure you check that out if you are able to. So for day 314, we're reading through Jude chapter 1, Ezekiel chapter 34, and Psalm chapter 4. And in Jude chapter 1, we read of several different things. We read of the history of the ungodly, the judgment that is to come to the ungodly, contending for the faith and remaining in the faith. And so, like I said, the main message of this book is to contend for the faith despite the apostasy, despite the false teachers and those that are just running around spreading false news or sharing a false gospel and so it's important for the believers including us now to make sure that we are contending for the faith so in chapter um in verse 11 we read of a couple different verses of examples of people who tried to do things their own way and how it never ended well and it was showing that judgment was coming the same way um the same way that it didn't end well for them the ungodly there will be judgment coming for them as well and in verse 21, we can see that our duty is to not abandon the faith. Remember, once again, he's addressing the apostasy and basically saying, I know that you see it happening all around you, but that is not what you should be doing. You should contend for the faith. And as we continue on in that chapter, God who keeps us is the how we're able to remain in the faith, not just contend for it, but remain and to not abandon the faith. We, we trust in the God who keeps us. And this is how we maintain our faith. So like I said, Jude is a very deep book. Those are the highlighted points about the book that help you to understand it in a deeper way. In Ezekiel chapter 34, we read of the judgment against shepherds of Israel and how God is the true good shepherd. So the shepherds are referring to the leaders that have, you know, had the opportunity to lead the people correctly, but instead they have led them astray. These shepherds are selfish. They're not doing their job. And because of what they are and how they're leading the people, the sheep are doing what they want to do. They're, they're being led. They're, the people just went astray because they did not have a proper leader. And so it's showing that God um, will bring judgment against them, but he will also gather and restore them in the end. 
Um, and then we see the kind of like the contrasting side of things. It's like, yes, even though these leaders are bad, don't be discouraged. God is the good, true shepherd. And so that is just straight up talking about the Messiah. And we can see different verses even in the New Testament of how Jesus is the true shepherd. And so he protects his sheep. The remnant will be restored and gathered to his land. And he will ultimately bring bring back in all those who have gone astray. And so that is the encouragement. That is the hope that there will be restoration in the end. In Psalm chapter 4, we kind of see the congruency of wrapping, summing this all up. It's a prayer of David and it was written while he was fleeing Absalom. Um, remember Absalom had a death threat out against David and so David was fleeing from his own son um, one thing that we can see that's congruent here though is that um, in verse 3 of chapter 4 of Psalms we read about how God sets apart the godly for himself and so that's definitely what God will be doing when he restores the remnant which is what we just read in Ezekiel chapter 34 he truly does set the godly apart for himself regardless of the judgment that he has to bring there will be the remnant that will be holy that will be restored and and it's thank God that he sets people apart so that's day 314. For day 315, which is November 11th, the reading is Ezekiel chapter 35, Obadiah, and Psalm chapter 108. So for Ezekiel chapter 35, we read of the judgment on Mount Seir, or Edom. Um, and Mount Seir is just a mountain in Edom. And this is definitely congruent with what we read in Obadiah and in Psalm for today's reading, because it's all talking about the judgment that's coming to Edom. So let's flip over to Obadiah, which is a New Testament book. It actually is the shortest book in the Old Testament. And you can easily skip right over it. Y'all, it's only two pages. It takes up two pages in my Bible. And I could easily flip over it so, so quickly. So like I said, it's the shortest book in the Old Testament. The name Obadiah means servant or worshiper of the Lord. And it... Uh, appears to be written before Jeremiah and before all of his prophecies. This prophecy is actually a poem. You can't really hear the poeticness of it in the English, but if you look at it in the Hebrew, you can see the poetic side, that's the poetic style of this poem. And basically, Edom was one of Israel's biggest enemies. They were always just against Israel. And so, um, it basically the entire book, it's only one chapter, but the entire book is talking about the fall of Edom and the judgment that's coming towards them. And the fact that there's just a whole message, a whole prophecy, a whole book dedicated just to them shows that God was not playing about them. And so in Obadiah chapter one, we can just read, we, we, um, so a little bit of background about Edom. So they, they had a lot of security within themselves. They felt like just the way of how the land was built, they were walled in. And so they felt like, oh, a lot of people don't have access to us. Like, we're good. Um, remember, that was a big deal back then. It's like, you know, your military presence, your security, your fortress. Um, and so they, they were very um, prideful. They really thought that like, ah, we got in the bag. We're going to just destroy everybody and nothing's ever going to happen to us. And God said otherwise. And so we can just read through that entire first chapter that judgment is coming to Edom. Um, but there's also restoration coming to Israel. So once again, the God that, that that does not walk away. This is the same Israel that's being destroyed. That judgment is coming upon. But God does not walk away completely. He gave his covenant way back in Genesis and he keeps that word. 
he keeps those covenants and so he does promise restoration in the end and so we can definitely see the congruency with psalm chapter 108 as well um in this psalm we read of the praise to god but also prayer for god's intervention with enemies and then specifically we read edom is literally listed in verses 9 and 10 about edom it says upon edom i cast my shoe that means god is about to stump on them judgment is coming so today's reading is all about how edom is going down like like that's just that's it that's the that's the lesson of the day edom will be destroyed judgment will come god still does not completely walk away because israel will be restored and I think a lot of times when we read through these type of books, we can be like, why in the world do we need to read this? How does this apply to me? Some of y'all may be listening right now and it's like, I don't even know why I'm listening because this is some old school, Old Testament war stuff that has nothing to do with me. God destroyed them, blah, blah, blah. But baby, let let, let it be known. Let it be clear. God has not changed his mind. And so he will still bring judgment for our sins. We need to understand that this is still possible and not not necessarily that our whole city could get blown up but it definitely could um but just in the sense that um god will bring judgment in our own lives over our countries that are rebelling against him and forsaking him god brings judgment god will keep his word and keep his promise and his covenant so that definitely still applies to us today also the promise of restoration as well as we're talking about the God that does not walk away even if God brings judgment for our sin that does not mean that he has thrown you out completely that he's done using you that there is no hope a lot of times when he just lets us go to ourselves and sin just takes over there is you know we can feel like man like where's God in all of this but he's still waiting on us to return to him with open arms and he will gladly accept you back in and restore you renew you and make you all the way brand new so praise God for that. For the last reading of the week, it's day 316, which is November 12th. The reading is Ezekiel chapter 36, Acts chapter 1, and Psalm chapter 109. In Ezekiel chapter 36, we read of the promise of the future restoration of Israel. Once again, going into that, that theme of hope, of restoration for Israel. And I think something that really sticks out to me is if you look at verse 11 of chapter 36, we read that same theme that's or that same saying that's been said several times. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And it's been said a lot concerning the future judgment. But now look at this. It's being said concerning restoration. And so God is saying that we can see his purpose, his power, his might revealed not only in judgment, but also in the restoration as well. Um, we, we do, once again, we read of why God judged Israel to begin with. God just keeps explaining it just to make it clear that he didn't just walk up on the scene and just start blowing people up or start sending armies to people's way. There was a reason for it, and we can read that in verses 17 through 21. We also read about the fact that restoration is for God's sake. <laughs> He's like, I'm doing this to clear my name. It's not because of how holy you are or anything good that y'all have done. This is um, for me to clear my name, to make sure that I'm coming through on my word. And I'm like, thank God for it. Thank you, Lord, for having your word uh, never return void. And because of that, complete and abundant restoration is coming. We really see how God just rebuilds and restores. And this is so promising that restoration is coming. It gives a lot of hope. So that's what we're reading here in Ezekiel chapter 36. Now moving on to Acts, let's give an introduction to the book of Acts. So the book of Acts 
It's the fifth book in the New Testament. It's written by Luke, and it's kind of like a follow-up from the Gospel of Luke that was written. So it's it kind of picks up where Luke left off. And in Luke, it finishes off with, you know, the ascension. And he kind of recaps a little bit about that ascension, and then he continues on from there. The main things that we can see in this book is how the gospel was spread after Jesus ascended to heaven. How he used the disciples and the apostles to go and continue to preach and 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 see miracle signs and wonders and spread the gospel throughout the nations. We're reading of the things that the apostles did now that Jesus has ascended back to heaven, but given them full authority to go and do all the things that he's that they've been seeing Jesus do for years. We also really see um the shift of the gospel being shared to the Gentiles as well. So we know that the Jews, that's, you know, God's quote unquote chosen people. Those are the that's Israel. That's the people that we've been talking about this whole time that have had judgment pronounced on them but also will be um restored in the end. And so um now we're seeing that um we're seeing what God was intending. You know, when we read John three sixteen, and it says, for God so loved the world, that's including the Gentiles. That's including those that are not part of the quote unquote, the Israelites. And so we're seeing essentially Jesus died for everyone. Jesus came for everyone. And the gospel is for everyone. So in Acts chapter one, we read of the, like a recap. Um, I feel like it's like when you watch a show and it's like, uh, on the last episode of blah, 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 this is what happened. That's basically what Luke is doing here in chapter 1 of Acts. He's given a recap of the ascension of Jesus, which we can find in Luke chapter 24. We also read of the promise of the Holy Spirit. And we read that Matthias is replacement for Judas. So remember, Judas betrayed Jesus. And um, this is why Jesus was still here on earth before he went to the cross. Jesus, Judas betrayed Jesus. Once he realized how much wrong he had done, he ended up committing suicide. He hung himself. So then it went down to 11 disciples. And a lot of times this isn't mentioned in scripture, but God replaced that disciple. And Matthias is the replacement. And so he is chosen as the next disciple to be that 12th disciple. And then for Psalm chapter 109, we read of the prayer for God to judge or take action. And there is one verse of scripture that is extremely congruent with what we're reading in Acts chapter 1. If you look at Acts chapter 1 verse 20, it's actually quoting Psalm chapter 109 verse 8. And so anytime, remember, remember anytime you read where it says, for it is written, that means that it is found somewhere else in the Bible. And for this verse, it, it tells exactly where it is found, which is in the book of Psalms. So as we're studying this week of, of, of talking about how God won't walk away and, and won't betray us um, and, and how God doesn't walk away, it's important for us to understand that judgment is necessary and does have to occur, but that does not mean that he just completely gives up on us. And that's the same thing for us today. God does not completely give up on us. And that's the beauty of the gospel, that there's grace and there's mercy in the time of need. Hebrews chapter 4:16 reminds us that we can approach the throne of we can approach the throne boldly um, so that we may receive grace and mercy in the time of need and so we can come to him even if we've messed up even if we haven't done everything just like we should and we can trust that God will redeem us God will restore us and bring us back into right standing with him so thank God for that take time to think about it in your own life of what it looks like to to see how God has not walked away even when you have even when others have um, and be encouraged by that that if he's never walking away 
that he's never walked away for others and he won't walk away for you as well. So that sums up week 45's reading. I thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. If you have not already, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Christian Girls Pop. You can find us on our website, ChristianGirlsPop.com, and you can check us out on YouTube at Christian Girls Pop. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. And as always, remember, Jesus already loves you so much. Don't you ever forget that.